This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the June 22nd edition of the Rotor World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Big trade today. Trades. <laughs> so we'll be going over that. A lot of fantasy implications, uh, new point guards, changing, changing scenery, so a lot of good stuff. With me to break all that down is Ryan Kanaf. What's up, man? Uh, quite a bit, as you alluded to, all these trades, and anyone who had a mock draft ready might as well just throw it out yeah. the window and start over. Yeah, and apparently, um, we'll get to the, just to give you guys the details, I'm sure you've heard, uh, it was a three-way trade that happened earlier in the afternoon with the Hawks basically trading Teague for the 12th pick in the draft, and the Jazz are sending that 12th pick, and they get George Hill. Uh, so Teague's in Indiana, George Hill's in Utah, and then at that 12th pick to the Hawks, who Mark Stein reported they're trying to package that pick and their other first rounder um, to clear out some room for to sign Al Horford. They had a similar scenario last year with Millsap, and then they traded that 19th pick in that Tim Hardaway Jr. deal, uh, for which turned out to be Jerry Grant, interestingly. Uh, so kind of everything mm. went full circle today. Um, so let's talk about that trade first, and then we'll talk about the big Derrick Rose one after that. So, I mean, what do you see um, as far as reality, minutes? I think George Hill starts over Dante Exum. Um, let's talk about the Jazz. So what do you see with uh, mm. how this deal works for them, and do you, th- do you like it and all that? Uh, I do, actually, yeah. Giving up a late late lottery pick, but they get an established um, you know, defense-first point guard at a position of huge need for them, obviously. If you watched them last year, you know that they needed a starting-caliber point guard. Um, and you mentioned Dante Exum. He, I, I think Hill will start for sure on opening day, because Exum, okay. Exum last year shot 35% from the field, 63% from the line, and, you know, just showed showed some jitters. And I think it makes sense for the Jazz to, to put their best foot forward, start the veteran, and then allow Exum to continue to develop in a backup role. Um, do you do you not see Hill starting necessarily? No, I, I think Hill's going to start. Uh, and mm. I really like how they're both capable of playing kind of next to each other. And, man, we'll get to their depth in a second. But Exum's coming along. He's quote-unquote 100% now, so he'll be really ready to go for training camp. Mm. Uh, we always see guys with ACL tears kind of brought along slowly. Uh, so he'll probably be. This is. I mean, his minutes were going to be kind of down anyways. But like you said, um, Trey Burke. What what happened to him? He he's like fifth on the depth chart now. Yeah. Uh, and I, I would. I think that Shelvin Mack, who played pretty well last year, better than we thought. Uh, you and I were kind of low on him. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he'll get. I think he'll get his uh, option picked up. So they have some serious depth there. Um, I I think that Hill's position is kind of similar. He played off the ball. I, I view him as more of a. a point guard slash shooting guard uh we all know about the hill left corner threes he makes like two of those a game it feels like yeah Uh, he loves those left corners 
But yeah, Exum, uh, his playing time is going to be down. He's not worth drafting in fantasy anymore. I thought he may have been an interesting late flyer. And I like what he did in summer league before he got hurt, too. Yeah, and we'll see if he added anything to his game over the past year. But like you, I just, you know, if he even if he has a strong summer league, um, is he going to play in summer league? Do you know? Is that, um, is that... I don't. Th- he's not going to play for Australia. So uh, if he's not going to okay. play in that, then I'm pretty sure he's not going to yeah. play in summer league. Yeah, but, but yeah, like you, I'm kind of. I'm, fading him on draft day he's not going to be a target yeah. what about uh, you you're a big george hill guy i do like Hill. well we had that little side bet last <laughs> yeah. last year I, I i thought that george hill would uh would overtake cj mccollum but he did not um <laughs> anyhow yeah i like hill i think he goes from a team um the only real problem is that the pacers were the 10th fastest pace last year and the Jazz were dead last. So that's a bit of a problem. But um, I still like him. I think he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. As you say, he can shift to, to shooting guard. Um, so that's going to give him extra flexibility. Do you see him having more? I see, I see his fantasy value going down a little bit. I do, yeah. But I always thought he had a solid mid-round floor. Yeah, oh so, yeah. So, so now I'm probably looking at him. You know, p- people aren't ever too high on George Hill, so you, you could probably steal him in the late rounds. Yeah, for sure. Like you said, I love the high ceiling. Guy who steals, gets you a little bit of dimes, good free throw shooter. Uh, lots of like, definitely a, a really nice guy, especially in a roto league to, to pick up yeah. late. Uh, so I, I love Utah's depth, man. Like Their second unit is going to be so, so good. Alec Burke's coming back. I am probably going to be uh, the leader of the Trey, Trey Lyles bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Trey Lyles so much. Um, and yeah, I mean, they go three deep at guard, really. And Halometto, too, uh, in the mix there. So uh, yeah. anybody who do you... Uh, that just hurts Rodney Hood slightly, um, who was probably looking at around pick 50 or so, but now I think he slides to like pick 60, 70 in standards. Yeah, with Burks, Exum, healthy... Um... Yeah, you got George Hill, if, especially if he does start playing a little bit of shooting guard. There's not too many minutes with Gordon Hayward dominating small forwards for, for Hood to slide over. Um, so, yeah, it hurts him a little bit. Yep. Um, I don't think Derek Favors or Rudy Gobert are affected by this at all. Um, and then, yeah, Alec Burks, who had kind of a down year before his injury, uh, he's mm-hmm. not really appealing anymore. And I don't think it really affects Hayward either. Yeah, if anything, I think that, Hayward favors Gobert maybe get a tiny bump because now they have a more capable point guard can just put them in better positions to score. Nice, yeah, and Hood ran the, uh, the offense so much. They ran so many pick and mm-hmm. rolls through him, which he, that was like his, his go-to play. Um, okay, so anything you want to add otherwise on Utah? Uh, not necessarily on the Jazz side. Nope. I okay. Just uh, to sum up, I think it was a good move for them. Yep, definitely. I, I love it. and I think that um, you can't really say that they're a sexy pick to make the playoffs. I think a sexy thing, thing to say would be they don't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that team looks really good. Um, okay, so let's talk about uh, the Hawks, I guess, who it's Dennis Schroeder time. Uh, very high usage. He was 31.6 usage rate in the playoffs. Uh, had very nice numbers per 36. Uh, he's going to be very, very busy, and uh, mm. the, the Hawks are going to be living and dying by Dennis Schroeder. Yep, yeah, he's uh, he's not shy. As you mentioned, that that usage rate is through the roof, and he was very blatant about his desire to start. So now he gets his opportunity. Um, yeah, giving up the twelfth, or I'm sorry, getting the twelfth pick doesn't seem like maybe enough fatigue, but you can understand it from Atlanta's point of view. Uh, in that Schroeder now takes the reins, and he's their franchise point guard until further notice. Uh, it also, you said at the top, gives them the opportunity to maybe package that pick 
um, get a little more financial flexibility because they want to keep Baysmore, they want to keep Horford, and then build around the young point guard of Schroeder. And yeah, that would be a playoff team. They're, I think they're going to make more moves or have to make more moves to really be a contender in the East. But it's a yeah, it's a reasonable move for them. Yeah, they are. Uh, couple, the Knicks and the Hawks. They they do not have much point guard depth right now. Uh, especially, Ooh. I mean, yeah, especially especially the Bulls for an injury prone Rose. Um, but yeah, I, I think Schroeder is going to be very busy. Um, he'll be a very popular DFS target uh, on the good nights. His price is going to probably jump up to like the, the the nines, I'd say, for a guy that highly used. But uh, yeah. um, I think that people are going to overdraft him in standard leagues. I think people will see those high numbers, high usage. But this guy can't shoot the ball very well. Not a terrific free throw shooter. The turnovers are going to kill you in nine cat. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the efficiency numbers hurt him, and also he had a turnover ratio of thirteen point one percent last year, which was fifty seventh in the league and thirteenth among qualifying point guards. Uh, the only starting point guards who were higher than that turnover ratio were Michael Carter Williams, who, as we know, got benched, uh, Rajon Rondo, and Emmanuel Mudiay. Nice. So he's gonna have to tighten up on the turnovers and. Uh, Nine cat. I don't even know that I draft him before the final round. Maybe um, eight eight cat. I, I wouldn't mind taking him in the ninety to hundred range. Are you are you on board with that? That sounds about. I think I'm a little bit higher on him because mm-hmm. uh, I think I could trade. I, I don't think there's any way people will let him slide past seventy five. True. Um, I think people see the new starting, and hey, you know maybe he does kind of get it going. So I'd probably be around that seventy five ish range. Yeah. Um, for for. And maybe nine. I don't think he's going to go that far in nine. But uh, yeah, I, I won't be drafting him. Yeah, someone's going to take him before I before I pull yeah. the trigger. Definitely going to be pimping on the DFS pods, though, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, anything else you think this affects? Uh, again, they're going to sign somebody to to play backup point guard. I don't think they could go into the draft picking twelve. Uh, I mean, Wade Baldwin uh, at that spot would kind of make sense uh, for the Vanderbilt. Uh, rookie coming out so but they're going to pick somebody else up anybody else assuming Bazemore and Horford come back which is kind of a thin assumption to make yeah uh no you're right they're gonna have to address that point guard depth issue probably through free agency but also the draft perhaps um Heinrich's not even under contract anymore for next year so really all they have is Schroeder um yeah and we'll see I mean I don't know what his uh assist ratio is do you think that the change from Teague to Schroeder is going to help or hurt Guys like Kyle Korver, who just thrives on off-ball movement and needs a point guard who can find him. Yeah, I think that it's going to hurt Korver a little bit. Uh, I really mm-hmm. like how Teague slashes. We'll talk about him in Indiana. But, yeah, I see this hurting Korver a little bit. I don't see it really affecting Bazemore overall because I thought that Bazemore kind of improved as the year went along. So yeah. if he comes back, I think that um, his more his better skill set could help him there. Millsap, not affected. Horford, not affected for me. Yeah. Yeah, same okay. here. So moving to the Pacers, who got uh, a pretty nice fit with Jeff Teague. Uh, they went from a guy who really played uh, off the ball with Hill uh, for a guy who played on the ball more. And, again, a great uh, lane filler to facilitate movement. They got the new coach with Nate McMillan. So I, I see this as kind of a, a little bit of a loss for Teague. He was hurt last year. So taking that into account that he'll be healthy, um, mm. like, you know, I'm kind of assuming – um, Teague, when Teague was healthy, all-star, uh-huh, he was like, what, third-round value or something uh, yeah. a couple years ago. So, yeah, I see him as someone I would definitely take before Schroeder. Um, he, he's probably the, the most valuable point guard that got traded today in fantasy. And um, reality is pretty close. Cool. So George Hill is underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I like, I like Teague. 
Yeah, I think uh, as with you, you uh, in 2014-15, he was a top 20 player for ACAP. So nice. his upside's there, and he said that he's been playing with a, a torn patellar tendon all last year. Um, so, you know, the numbers were down, but at least we know why. And he didn't need surgery. should be okay for training camp, so I'm not really giving him too much of an injury discount in terms of where I'll draft him. Um, yeah, fantasy-wise, the touches might be a little bit of a problem because you got Paul George, you got Monte Ellis. Both of them need to touch the ball a lot. Um, so Teague's usage might take a little hit, but I'm not also too worried about that. So I'd, I'd like him in the three to four range uh, in terms of rounds where I'd get him. Yep, I, I was thinking pretty much fourth round. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you see yeah, we're pretty much in agreement there. Anybody else that you um, see this affecting? Like you said, I think Monta gets hurt a little bit by this because uh, Monta ran the offense a lot. Um, he Kind of like uh, the way Rodney Hood did. You know, A lot of uh, shooting guard pick and roll plays. Uh, and yet they have a similar um, similar skill set, I guess. Monta's not as good of a shooter as Teague is. So I don't like it yeah. for him. I don't think George is affected. And then Miles Turner, um, I like him uh, in this spot with Teague, who's a, a pretty good, uh, pretty decent distributor. Not the best, but uh, I think it's an improvement yeah. from Hill. Yeah, in the same way, I think a slight bump for a guy like Turner, maybe even George, just because Teague, with the ball in his hands, is a better pure playmaker than Hill or Monte Ellis. Yeah. Um, and yeah, with Hill, Hill played off the ball so much that now uh, I think Monte's going to get hurt. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be uh, it's a good point. I mean, he's, Monte's been super durable, though. Like, I mean, yeah. for a guy ever since his moped accident, he's been, I mean, 82 games here and there. He's just, he's hurt the next day, what looks like a, a game where. You know, he could barely walk, and then he's out there the next game. And so it's going to be – we'll see. It usually catches up to guys all of a sudden. Um, happened with Westbrook, Jimmy Butler a little bit, um, Derek Rose a little bit. <laughs> yeah, Monte is at that age 30 threshold. And uh, even if he stays healthy, I, I think his, his fantasy value will get hurt. Yeah, and Lou Aldang's another guy who uh, – big big minutes, and then it just really mm-hmm. caught up with him pretty fast. Um but what do you think about McMillan taking over? Uh, I thought that that was interesting how Larry Bird was, let's move the ball up faster, increase our tempo, and he picks up um, <laughs> one of the slowest-paced coaches like ever. Um, yeah, you know yeah. that, I'm sure, probably better than I do. Yeah, and part of that was personnel for a couple of years out there in Portland and Seattle, but you're right, his his entire system was always kind of slow it down, grind it out, defensive mentality, um, and now, yeah, they fire Frank Vogel, well-respected, um, got immediately snapped up, and install this guy who's not known at all for the up-tempo pace that Larry Bird's harping on. So it was a very, as we've talked about before on the pod, a very curious move there. Um, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to let that persuade me in terms of where i'll draft pacers players i think at the very least they're gonna try to go fast so that's you know more possessions is always a positive so we'll see where that goes and then also again another team without much point guard depth uh ty lost the free agent i mean they played joseph young uh who was mm-hmm. more of a shooting guard uh, at college and then he played back at point guard for quite a bit um so yeah that, that they're i mean that the, there's gonna be so many backup point guards getting paid next month it's gonna be crazy uh, anything else on Indiana? Uh, nope. All right, so let's get to the the headlining trade of probably the off season. Um, this thing's gonna get this thing is a, a a Twitter lightning rod with the Knicks and Derrick Rose uh, fi- finding each other. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, this is uh, this is a crazy trade for particulars. If you missed the details, Derrick Rose, Justin Holiday, and a 2017 second round pick 
are going to the Knicks for Robin Lopez, Jerry Grant, and Jose Calderon. So point guard festival today. Um, so let's talk about Derrick Rose here, uh, a guy who was not good. Uh, only one player in the NBA played 30 minutes a game, had a 26 usage rate, and couldn't hit 50 true shooting percentage. And that's Derrick yeah. Rose. Um, uh, John Wall was kind of close. He was 51, and Rose was like 48. True shooting is just awful. Um, so do you see him, uh, who was pretty healthy last year? He never missed more than three consecutive games. Rested a lot. Um, mm-hmm. do you, I mean, what do you what do you think for Rose here? Um, and do you draft him at all, even in a points league or anything? Um, no, I do not draft him. <laughs> I've been I've been down on Rose for years. I think most of the Roto World crew has, yeah. uh, and his his play has more than justified that. Uh, you know, the glory days of two thousand nine to two thousand eleven are are well in the rear view. Um, and I don't think the Knicks needed an upgrade at point guard, so that's a good good move for them. Did but, they though? Did they upgrade? I, uh, well, <laughs> I think they're they're swinging for it, and it's a fairly low risk move. We could talk more about that. Um, but yeah, I don't like it. The Knicks are so reliant on isolation. They for the past few years they've been at or near the top in isolation plays, and that is not going to benefit Rose um, at all. As you mentioned, that terrible true shooting percentage. He was in Kobe Moutier territory. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just deadly for fantasy value and. The steals and threes are always disappointing for him. It's just not what you want from your point guard. Yeah, uh, Kobe and Moutier didn't hit the minutes requirement or else they would have been in that group. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah. There's only 30 players that um, met those requirements for the 30 uh, and 26 uses, by the way. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think kind of another takeaway is the triangle's gone um, to for a pretty large extent. I mean, Jose Calderon, it's kind of a ideal-ish. I mean, you like him to be more athletic. Um, but good spot-up shooter. Spaces the floor very well. And now you get kind of the opposite of Jose Calderon for an athletic, bull-in-a-china-shop kind of guard. Um, yeah, I don't like it at all. And I posted um, a poll on Twitter asking if this helps or hurts them uh, in free agency. Let me pull up the results on that really quick. Uh, 44% said they thought it helped. 33 said it didn't affect their free agency pitch. Uh, and then 23% thought it uh, hurt them. So mm-hmm. I think it hurts. I mean, if I'm a free agent and I want to build my value, if I'm you know, 23, 24, whatever, um, I want to have a, a really good high-volume chance. And now with Carmelo and Rose, I mean, these guys are going to be ball hogs, like you said, isolation fest. So, uh, yeah, I don't like this move at all for New York. Yeah, you mentioned Rose, Melo, and then you also have to make sure that Porzingis gets enough touches. Yeah. So that's that's... A lot of usage getting sucked up real quick. Um, yeah, they need help on the wings. They obviously need a starting center now. Mm-hmm. So I think the only kind of guy who might not be taken aback by that is someone who doesn't need all the touches. Someone like, you know, uh, Jan Mahinmi or uh, a center to fill that void. Yeah, they're going to be all in for a center. Uh, a lot of people talking about Dwight Howard today. Oh, my <laughs> God, I can't that would be, imagine that. That would be fascinating. Yeah, I, I love uh, I'm the agent of chaos, like uh, the Joker. Um, so who else? I mean, like we said, no depth, man. Uh, they traded basically their, their top two-ish point guards. I mean, Langston Galloway played majority of his minutes at the two. Uh, so they are, yeah, they're, they're going to need a point guard for sure. They're going to be in for some people, maybe a Jeremy Lin, uh, getting him back together. Um, and yeah, I thought Justin Holiday getting in there first was interesting. He had that 29-point season finale. So if Aaron Afalo Bolt is, is gone, maybe we see a little Justin Holiday, uh, Possibly start too. I mean, he really came on late. 
Yeah, that was an interesting little addition there that probably not many people will bat an eye at. But it does does give them, I mean, they need depth, as you said, if Flalo leaves or um, Galloway probably going to have to play more backup point guard minutes. So shooting guard's wide open. Yep. Uh, and then center, they're good. I mean, I think KP will play more, depending who they sign. Uh, they'll yeah. probably play more five. Yeah. Uh, so the Bulls, uh, this team is going to look very different. Uh, it is now officially Jimmy Butler's team. Um, uh, I think they're going to probably start Jerry and Grant. Uh, apparently they were really high on him going into the draft before they took Bobby Portis, uh, and they were eyeing him up from what a couple of Chicago reporters were saying. But I mm-hmm. mean, you, you assume Powell Gasol is gone. You assume Joe Kim Noah is absolutely gone. Yeah. Um, so they'll probably see Bobby Portis, Miritich, maybe Taj. Uh, and then Christiana Felicia, who played pretty well, and then they'll probably uh, pick somebody else up in either free agency or um, or in the draft with with, uh, with their draft pick what, at fourteen. Yeah. Uh, so what do you see? What do you see there? I mean, obviously Jimmy Butler, I think he's a first rounder kind of period. Mm-hmm. And then who else do you see? Like Jerry Grant, who was kind of disappointing. We were pimping him early November, and he was really just he really disappeared. Yeah, um, Jimmy obviously benefits. He and Rose tended to kind of butt heads in terms of who's going to be the alpha dog offensively. So it's going to be all him all the time, assuming the Bulls don't trade him as well. Um, I'm not too into Jerry and Grant, to be honest. He uh, The poor shooting just sucked out all of his fantasy appeal last year. Um, you know, Calderon's still a viable player. I don't know if he's going to start. Uh, that's going to be an interesting decision. Uh, they brought in Spencer Dinwiddie, who could fight for backup minutes. And they might make more moves to really solidify that position. Cause at the moment you've got three kind of, you know, it's like a platoon. That's not, not all that talented really. Yeah. Um, so I think they're going to have to make another move to really get, get better at point guard. So Grant isn't necessarily on my radar. And for the same reason, neither is Calderon. He's, you know, he's getting older. He's not going to play heavy minutes. Uh, usage is, is low. Yeah. It's kind of like the old saying for, uh, the NFL If you have, a uh... Three starting quarterbacks, you don't have any. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. I, I was yeah. kind of excited for Spencer Dindwitty to, to get a chance at some run, so this kind of hurts him a little bit there. Uh, yeah. I think Jerry definitely has the inside track. Calderon was just kind of a, to make the money work. Um, yeah, they may even right. try to flip him to a team that wants uh, some shooting depth on their bench. Uh, mm. Yeah, they're, they're apparently going to make more moves too, so we may see them move up and down. Uh, they, are, they really had one of the worst... Uh, trade up moves uh, a couple of years ago when they traded up to get Doug McDermott in exchange for Joseph Nurkic and Gary Harris, who are both, in my opinion, yeah. leaps Ouch. and bounds ahead of, ahead of McDermott right now. I forgot um, about that one. Yeah, that, that was a bad one. So that's like I was talking about this on the other pod. Like, hey, you know, you know, if you're trying to move up, say, hey, it worked for these guys, maybe it could work for you. <laughs> yeah, you know, the yeah. two for one deals. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, what do you think about Robin Lopez? And by the way, uh, how awesome was that trade a couple a few years ago when they basically traded Jeff Withy and like two second round picks, uh, Neil O'Shea of the Blazers to get Robin Lopez? I mean, that that was he's the best yeah. player in this trade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know how he just seems to be perennially undervalued. He's a really a good player, and even for fantasy purposes, we've seen him go on some torrid stretches. Um, I expected more from him last year, but he ended up. His minutes increased as the season went on, but for whatever reason, he was very limited the first few months. Uh, finished averaging 27.1 minutes. So I'm expecting that to go up because, as you say, this trade basically guarantees that 
Joachim Noah's not coming back. Uh, it makes it far more probable that Powell's going to bolt in free agency. Um, so, yeah, the Bulls don't have too much depth there. You mentioned um, Cristiano Feliciano, or Felicio, and possibly Taj Gibson, Bobby Portis getting some minutes, but it, the burden of it's going to fall on Rolo. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all, all those Bulls, man, they think they're going to be kind of sneaky fantasy picks. Um, yeah, I, I think I think Robin Lopez, like like you said, he had that what two postseason, two like post break numbers. He was like right. second round player or something. Yeah. Like, he was just unbelievably good uh, in his last year with the Blazers. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I like like we said Butler, and then pretty much just late rounders after that is really. Um, no one. I mean, I think Miritich is kind of uh, on on the radar, and then yeah, I like Robin Lopez too. So yeah, but for real world purposes, I think this was definitely an upgrade for the Bulls. Uh, a yeah. little bit of addition by subtraction with uh, Rose, and then installing a a legit starting center in Rolo. So it was a good move. Yep, kind of. Uh, it was nice to see them get really anything uh, for the yeah. salary yeah. dump. I mean, everyone just assumed Rose was gone. And they were just going to eat a bunch of garbage. So to get an asset in Rolo, um, they, you know they did give up Justin Holiday though. <laughs> I yeah. mean, like Justin Holiday's contract is way better than Rose's contract. Like Rose had like an untradeably bad contract. Right. Uh, so I mean that's crazy, man. I, I just I can't. I thought the Knicks gave the Knicks, man. They they love to trade for those 20, 20, 2009, 2010 mm-hmm. players like Amari. Yeah, uh, on Andrea Bargnani. So the the Knicks have to deal with this, and then they get haunted by Bargnani tomorrow um, with with their Ugh. draft pick uh, going to Toronto slash Denver. <laughs> yeah. crazy. Yeah, it goes back years. You got Marbury, you could throw in the mix. Nice. I mean, they're they're always just taking Stephen these Francis. Mar- yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about the franchise. Yeah, they just take these kind of like you know marquee high profile trades and hope that it, hope that it, they hit a home run, but it's not going to happen with D Rose. Yeah, I mean. Which, uh, if we had to rank all the teams that made a trade today, uh, how how I would go Utah, and then probably a pretty sizable drop down, and then Indiana, Atlanta, New York, Chicago. Yeah, I, I actually like Indiana, kind of neck and neck with Utah. I think that was a good trade for both oh, of them. Okay. And uh, in, in, Indy plans to extend his uh, Teague's contract. At least they they hope to. He's He's going to earn $8 million this year, and then it expires uh, next offseason. So they clearly have faith in, in his health. Um, so, yeah, I think it was a very good deal for them, and they and Utah are probably right at the top. All right. Anything else you want to add on the trade? Maybe um, um, one, one, one guy I'd like to mention who I <laughs> – it's probably not going to happen, but I would love to see Kylo Quinn step into a much bigger role <laughs> with, with, with Lopez out of the mix. He's – always a permanent beast for fantasy uh and just never gets the minutes so yeah i love the block totals yeah so i'm sure the knicks are gonna pick up someone to to once again relegate him to the shadows but if not keep an eye on him yeah uh, he'll probably i think he'll get minutes and like you said i'd love you know decent passer too out of the post so yeah um yeah that, that derrick rose coming hurts him too though like it's it's crazy like, i'm sure this probably doesn't help aaron to follow when to go there i mean no yeah i'm aaron to follow i'm like Dude, when am I going to shoot the ball? Right. right. <laughs> and he's not, not. I mean, he's okay defender. I think he's kind of overrated as a defender. He's getting a little older now. So, uh, okay. So just really quick on the news front, uh, we're going to be going crazy on uh, the Twitter news for the NBA draft. So make sure you guys check out Rotor World. We're going to pretty much do everything that has somewhat credibility. I saw some stuff. Um, some weird news sites that I saw. Someone's like 
saying that Gordon Hayward is close to going to Boston. I'm like, dude, come on, don't even. And then people, it had like three or four hundred retweets or something. It's like, and then the guy who reportedly reported it um, didn't. He's like, hey, keep my name out of your timeline. It was so good. Uh, yeah, there's so many ridiculous trade offers, man. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll be all over it. Uh, there's a, a have you got have you dug deep into the the draft prospect world yet? Uh, yeah, increasingly over the past week, and yeah. gonna do more so tonight. Get a whole bunch of news and no- notes ready for the draft tomorrow because it's yeah. gonna be mayhem, especially if there's a lot of trades that go down. Yeah, man. Uh, I saw Chad Ford tweeted out basically every pick from like three. To thirty is available for a trade. So I mean, a lot of teams are. It's the the haves and have-nots have kind of separated, I think. And then really, the, the trusting the process kind of worked uh, with this first pick, and they just missed the fourth pick too. So it's uh, yeah, it's definitely time to, for everyone to trust the process. <laughs> if you say so. Yeah, right. You don't think so? You don't think Hinky? Uh... No, it did work. I mean, yeah, yeah the, he definitely laid laid the groundwork for increasing success, and I think this is the kind of hump that they were waiting to get over. And then maybe uh, Harrison Barnes uh, sign and trade or something. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> oh, God, Harrison Barnes is so bad. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna get out of here on that. Thanks for coming on, Ryan, in kind of an impromptu fashion. Appreciate that. No worries. All right, so we'll catch you guys next time, and we'll be doing a pod on Friday to break down fantasy winners and all that good stuff. All right, thanks again. We'll catch you guys next time. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.